Good evening. Welcome in to the Boulevard Brewing Company post-game drink. I'm Gabe DeArmond, Mizzou, a 48-35 homecoming winner over the University of North Texas. Over the next, I don't know, little while, hour, two hours, whatever it might take, we're going to break it down. We're going to take your calls. We're going to talk about it. Um, before we do that, let me... Uh, draw your attention down there to the bottom right hand corner that is the boulevard brewing company logo they make this show possible every single week uh by providing their sponsorship and uh hey hopefully they make your game day a little bit more enjoyable with some of their products uh, you can pick them up anywhere in columbia anywhere in the state of missouri really anywhere in the midwest obviously plenty of uh different beers and good selections there but they've also got the fling cocktails they've got some quark seltzer i actually saw that somewhere on tap here recently so all kinds of things all kinds of boulevards you can try and uh, we certainly encourage you to do that some of you may be doing it tonight because um i had one idea for this show about an hour ago, I thought I'd come in here and say, you know, it wasn't exciting, but maybe just what Missouri needed is is kind of boring, workmanlike, you got the job done. And then the fourth quarter happened, and Missouri was dreadful on both sides of the football. For the last, I would say, 20 minutes of that game, 25 minutes of that game, Missouri was outplayed on both sides by North Texas. And if you choose to look at it as, hey, well, Missouri was up big and, you know, they took the foot off the gas and they were up 31-7 and it didn't really matter after that, I guess if that's how you want to look at it, that's fine. I just don't agree. They got outscored 28-17 in the second half by a bad, bad offensive football team. Um, And by the way, Seven of Missouri's 17 points came from the defense. Missouri did not have an offensive touchdown until Dawson Downing's 60-yard run with about five and a half minutes left. They had one first down to that point. So as bad as the defense was in the second half, and it was bad, the offense actually was worse. And again, if you choose to focus on, hey, it was 31-7 and, and it's sunshine and rainbows, that's fine. I don't, because we did that after SEMO. And this is different, because I don't think it was a bunch of backups. The starters were playing, and Missouri wasn't getting anything done on either side of the football. On offense, Tyler Beatty didn't play the last couple drives, and so maybe that means the starters weren't playing, because I think that's about all Missouri has on offense. But Connor Bazelak was in there. The starting receivers were in there. The starting line was in there. And Missouri was doing nothing on offense. On defense, Eli Drinkwitz was very clear. There are no starters. And this wasn't backups giving up a bunch of yards to North Texas. This was the guys that they need to be good. We're going to take a couple looks looks at the stats, then we'll get to your comments, then we'll open up the phone lines. Uh, for the game, North Texas outgained Missouri. And again, if you want to say, well, those yards came in garbage time, but did they? Because that game wasn't really over until Dawson Downing had the 60-yard run with five and a half minutes left. And then it almost wasn't over again because Missouri gave up the huge touchdown pass, 70-some-odd yards, and it wasn't really over until Michael Cox recovered an onside kick with 346 left. Um, 186 rushing yards, it's better. The run defense was better. It wasn't great, but it was better. It was certainly not what it was against Tennessee. I mean, North Texas... They had 186 yards rushing, but they took 49 runs to get there. So that's only 3.8 yards a carry. The run defense was better. North Texas had thrown for fewer than 100 yards in two consecutive games. They put up 305 against Missouri. And was that a little bit of, hey, they're throwing because they're behind? Sure. But let me read you the the lines for the two starting quarterbacks. Austin Ani. 16 of 26, 305 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, a quarterback rating of 195.5. Connor Bazelak, 21 of 32, 160 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a quarterback rating of 128.3. North Texas can't throw the football, and they had the better quarterback and the better receivers in this game. They were the better passing team in this game. They came into this game having thrown for fewer than 100 yards 
in two consecutive games. Those were losses to UAB and Louisiana Tech. Um, this team got beat 35-12 by SMU, 40-6 by UAB, and 24-17 by Louisiana Tech. They had scored 35 points in their first three games against FBS competition. They scored 35 points in this game alone against Missouri, and 28 of them were in the second half. All while Missouri's offense was dreadful in the second half. So again, if you choose to focus on they were up 31-7, that's fine. But to me, this team is not good enough to put it on cruise control and ignore a second half in which it got dominated. Is that too strong a word? In which it got beat by North Texas. They're not good enough to do that. Um, after three quarters, I felt pretty decent about this game. It was 31-14. You figured Missouri would probably win like 38-21, which is what I picked, and, and you thought that's fine. And then the fourth quarter came, and they gave up 21 points, and, and I just don't feel that way anymore. I, I feel far worse about this game than I thought I was going to feel about it with 15 minutes left. I, I don't know if that's fair or not. I, I'm just telling you kind of what my gut reaction is. That's what this show is. We get on here without a lot of prep. It is instant reaction. And my instant reaction is that wasn't really very good. Um, that wasn't what I needed to see to make me feel like Tennessee was completely flushed and, and everything was better. I Maybe you guys feel differently. I'm going to turn to the uh, comments here in just a second, and we, we are going to see exactly how you guys feel. Uh, you can see the notes there. Tyler Beatty, career-high 217 yards and three touchdowns. By the way, where's this offense without him? And he's going to be gone next year, so we might find out. Um, but without him, Missouri's offense might be as bad as its defense because there's really not much else there right now. Um, Makai Wingo in what actually turned out to be maybe the biggest play of the game caught a pass that Trajan Jeffcoat deflected for his first career interception, returned it about 35 yards for a touchdown. That was huge. Again, the second half happened. Um, thought it was good to see Wingo play well for the most part. I thought it was good to see Trajan Jeffcoat show up a little bit and make a couple plays. Um, but again, that, you know, the fourth quarter happened and, <clears throat> We'll see how you guys feel about it. I'm going to start rolling through some of the comments here from you guys before I open the phone lines and and we take your calls on uh, on Skype. Uh, Tiercell says, if ever there was a brutal win, that was it. 500 yards given up to a nearly winless team. I, I kind of agree. I mean, you don't apologize for winning, and there are no style points, but but I don't really know how you come out of that one feeling all that good. Craig disagrees with me. Great win. What a day. 13-point victory. I don't know if that's sarcasm or serious. Uh, if that's how you feel, that's great. Um, I don't tend to really agree with it. Uh, Cole says the starting D only gave up 14. And, uh, see, I don't agree with that. There was no starting defense. Hang on. Uh, that's what I get for having ESPN scoreboard open in the background. It just randomly blasts music at me sometimes. Sorry about that. But uh, starting D only gave up 14. That's not really true. It was still a lot of the same guys. I mean, when, you know, in the fourth quarter, Jeffcoat and Wingo were playing and Whiteside was playing. I saw Martez Manuel on the field on that long touchdown. Um, also, who are the starters for this defense, right? I mean, you've got a group of like, I don't know, 22 guys that play, but or it's probably not that many. It's probably 18 or 19, but I don't know who's a starter and who's not because I, I don't really know who's better. The first half was clearly better than the second half, but it was the same guys playing, um, you know. Um, Bryce says, how do you not fire Wilkes tomorrow? I just don't see it um, because they fired Jethro Franklin, and that was the like – we need to make a move. We're going to make a move. I mean, look, anybody that believed that all of the problems were the defensive line coach, I, come on. It was a low man on the totem pole who got fired. He was, he was the sacrifice. And again, I'm not saying Jethro didn't deserve to get fired. Defensive line has been bad. But anybody that thought Al Davis replacing Jethro Franklin was just going to fix all this, I mean, it, that's ridiculousness. Um, if he fires Wilkes tomorrow, like – there's no next move other than firing the head coach. 
If you fire the defensive coordinator tomorrow, then the only next move is the head coach could lose his job. And I just think it's too early to to start going down that road. I think Wilkes is going to get the year. And I don't really have a problem with it because is Missouri suddenly going to be much better if they fire Steve Wilkes tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, they'll beat Vandy. They could beat South Carolina. I think they could beat Texas A&M because I don't think Texas A&M is any good either. But even if we say no, I mean, I don't know. Is is firing Steve Wilkes the difference there? They're not beating Georgia. They're not beating Florida. And after watching today, they're not beating Arkansas either. Um, Arkansas has got a lot more firepower than I gave him credit for. Arkansas is a lot better team than I gave him credit for. Uh, Missouri's ceiling is 6-6, six and six, and that requires beating Texas A&M. I don't think they get there, but I don't think firing Steve Wilkes or not firing Steve Wilkes is what determines that. Um, you know, again, scheme or players, the answer is yes. It's everything. It's all bad. And, and again, I, I know it seems weird on an offense that had 472 points or 472 yards and 48 points, actually 41 because the defense scored seven. But that offense was awful in the second half. It was every bit as bad as the defense was until the, uh, until the Dawson Downing 60-yard touchdown run. Um, Jared says the defense is going to get thrashed this week. It could, but I mean, Texas A&M is really bad offensively, but North Texas was really bad offensively coming in too. Again, North Texas had scored 35 points in three games against FBS competition. They scored 35 today. So, uh, Brian McLaughlin, very impressive. Um, I, I suppose if, uh, if that's what you feel breakfast King kind of agree with what you're saying. That was ugly, not Tennessee ugly. But ugly. I agree. Um, no question there. I'm wondering if they can beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's been outscored 106 nothing in two SEC games. Uh, I don't know. Combo says Bazelak can no longer be QB1. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this some. And today was revealing, I think. I, I was having conversations with people during the game, and I don't know the answer to this. I said, is this the offense because of the quarterback or is this the offense because this is the offense? And I want to say not just because of the quarterback, because of the quarterback and receivers. Connor Bazelak averaged five yards an attempt. That is, like, astronomically low. I don't know if things can be astronomically low, but but that is. It, like, the worst you should be is probably six and a half. In college, maybe even a little better than that. Five yards an attempt is, I, I mean, that's... Missouri averaged 8.1 yards a run, and they averaged five yards per pass. Uh, if you if you go with the team total, it was actually a little under five yards per pass. And that includes a 41-yard touchdown to J.J. Hester. Fully 25% of their passing yardage came on one play. The other 20 completions went for 119 yards. That is less than six yards per completion. It's less than four yards per attempt if you take out the Hester touchdown. I mean, Kiki Chisholm, four for 31. Towski Dove, three for 20. Mookie Cooper, four touches for 14 yards. Dominic Lovett, three catches for eight. Parker, two for six. I, I mean, now, to be fair, they had a long pass to Nico Hay called back on a hold that didn't really affect the play. Chance Looper fell down on what should have been like a 55-yard completion. So, it's not all on the quarterback, but the passing game as a whole, I mean, this is, you're talking, they made one play the entire day and everything else is like extended handoffs. Is that the quarterback? Is it the receivers? Is it, this is what Drinkwitz is going to run? I, I don't really know. And again, I know it's, it's a little bit crazy to focus on the offense when they scored 48 points and the defense had the day it had, which wasn't great, but I thought the offense was every bit as much of a problem in the second half. Uh, Breakfast King wants to know the odds Drinkwitz hires an OC in the offseason. It, it'll be interesting. I mean, first of all, to do that, he would have to fire someone um, because Charlie Harbison coaches safeties uh, and Aaron Fletcher coaches cornerbacks, I believe. And then Steve Wilkes coordinates the defense. DJ, DJ Smith is linebacker, and he has a defensive line coach. They have 10 assistants, and 
that's the most you can have. So if he's going to hire someone other than himself to be the offensive coordinator, um, then he would have to fire an assistant. My guess is he won't. This is what he's done. This is how he's done it. I think he will live or die with himself being the play caller. I, I see both sides of that. One side, why would you ask him to give up the one thing he does best? But the other side is there's a lot going on in a football game, and you can still call the plays without just being the full-time offensive coordinator. Andy Reid's the greatest offensive mind probably in football. And he has an offensive coordinator. Um, Mike Leach, I think, has an offensive coordinator. I'm not 100% sure about that. Lane Kiffin, I know, has an offensive coordinator. Now, Lane is very involved, obviously, in calling plays, but he has an offensive coordinator. So it's a fair question to ask. I see both sides of it. And at some point, it's something we might talk to Drinkwitz about. Um, Just, hey, do you think that's a a thing that that you need to consider doing um, to free up a little bit more time? So um, I do want to now... Open up the phone lines for you guys. Um, there's the number on the screen. We're here on the Boulevard Brewing Company post-game drink. You can call me at 573-234-4935. If you call in, I want to remind you of two things. First of all, whatever you're listening on, please put that on mute so that your background noise and all of your conversation is not going to go over everyone else's call. I will call out your area code. If you're calling from a common area code, like 314-816 or 573, I might have to read the end of your phone number as well. I will not read your entire phone number on air. Don't worry. Um, But it's the only way I have to identify people because I only get numbers. I don't get names that pop up. So uh, if you want to call in, if you've got some thoughts, uh, if if you agree with what I'm saying, if you think I'm way off base, whatever, 573-234-4935 is the number to call. And uh, we will jump now to the phone line, and our first caller comes from the 314 area code. Who am I talking with? Hey, this is Zach. What's up, Zach? How you doing, man? Hey, I'll just be quick. I was just wondering if you had any updates on the Luther Burden trip and what uh, his experience was with the game today, if you have anything on that. Uh, we don't yet. Um, Luther is probably still in town. We will try to follow up with him in the next few days. I'm not sure if he'll uh, if he'll do that or not. He might just wait till he announces his decision. But no, we don't we don't have anything from Luther quite yet, other than we know he was there. All right, cool. That's all I have. Thanks. All right, Zach. Thanks. Let's uh, let's go now to the eight six four area code. Who's on the line from the eight six four? Yeah, Gabe. Uh, just got through watching. Not the entire game. Uh, I was sort of wondering whether or not there would be a modicum of improvement. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything significant on defense. Yeah. But it seems like they took another step backwards. Not, you know, you, you can't. It's it's not like going to McDonald's or fast food where things are going to happen right away. But at least maybe a little bit better. I, I didn't see that at all today. I don't know if I did or did not. Yeah. If I saw the right. I got through three quarters, and I felt like it was at least a little bit better. And then the fourth quarter kind of wrecked all of that for me. Um, I mean, it wasn't as bad as Tennessee, but I don't think you come out of that. I didn't come out of that game feeling good. I, I didn't come out of that game thinking that any confidence had been inspired by by the way they played in the in the second half. I, I don't know about you, but but I most certainly didn't. Yeah, I, I was totally disappointed, like you said, especially at that fourth quarter. Yeah. I was, I almost threw my my remote at the TV. It it, I, it was terrible. All I, that's all I can say. Well, let me give you a tip. If you're gonna throw the remote, don't throw it at the TV. Like, cause just break one thing. Break the remote, but don't break the remote and the TV. Okay, I just I'll take your advice on that one. <laughs> all right, man. Sounds good. Appreciate the call. All right, let's go I back. Take care now. Thank you. Let's go back to the three one four area code. Who am I talking to there? Three one four, are you hey, with hey, me? Hey, me? yeah. Who am I talking to? Hey, 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 it's Craig. How you doing, man? Not bad. What's up, Craig? Hey, dude, it's homecoming. Like that's a big tradition for us. So yeah, and we won the game. Yes, yes. Thirteen point win, dude. We were in control. We never gave up the lead the whole game. Yeah, I mean. Touchdowns, 
Craig, I don't know if you're using like a voice changer, but you sound like Darth Vader. It's actually pretty amazing. Um, but, uh, but I can't hear you very well, man. Maybe, maybe try to call back in a little while with a better connection, but I appreciate it. We're going to move on now to the 309 area code. Who's there from the 309? Hey, it's your best buddy, Dick. How you doing? Not bad. What's going on, Dick? How are you, man? I, I mean, I'm good. I think Craig was a little too positive, to be honest, over there. Yeah, Craig seems awfully I mean, fired up for a 48-35 win over North Texas. I, oh, man, it was bad. I mean, we couldn't even cover the spread. You looked fine in the first half. Got me a little optimistic. Got me a little excited. But then we just keep letting all these big plays come through. It's like the defense started out strong and – Nice to see the sidelines support them. Yeah. And then it just felt like it died out. Yeah. Uh, Missouri now 0-6 against the spread, by the way. Wow. So now I know my bet for next next week. Thank you. Yeah, Missouri, Clemson, and Kansas are the only teams that haven't covered all year. Wow. I I, I think, uh, honestly, I mean, I think we maybe win two more games this season. I don't know. What's your take? No, that sounds about right. I mean, they, they should beat Vanderbilt. They could beat South Carolina. Yeah. It's not impossible they beat A&M, but I kind of doubt it. Um, so, yeah, I think you're probably I, looking at five oh, and seven. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, and then hopefully we get to start to see Drink's uh, recruits and see if he actually recruited good and yep. see how he shows up in 2022 and then 2023, see if we can actually finally pull it together and pull off a, a great season, maybe go eight and four. Yeah, I think next year you got to see a little bit of a step forward, you know, better than 500. And then 2023 is the first year you start looking, okay, do we actually have a chance to make a run at this thing? Uh, so that's that's kind of my time frame. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. And I hope that, I don't know, I think we got to do something with uh, with Wilkes and the defense. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of getting scary at this point. If you're going to let up 35 points to a, a one in three North Texas team, it's getting a little scary for us. No question. No question. I agree with you, Dick. I appreciate the call, buddy. All right. Thanks again. All right. Have a good one. Uh, we're going to move on now to the 573 area code. Who's there from the 573? Uh, Gary's here. What's up, Gary? How hey, you doing, man? Oh, Gabe. Gabe, Gabe. I, see, I called in last week and said uh, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. I didn't even watch it. I didn't watch it. I didn't care. Uh, uh, but I watched today, and, um, you know, the, the running back situation is curious because I kind of had a conversation with you a couple weeks ago. We were kind of thinking that Michael Cox had gotten that second spot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he, he looked like he was in the doghouse. He had an argument with uh, Beatty on the sideline. Oh, is that right? We were seeing... We were seeing Harris a lot. You know, he's young, and uh, was it Butts? Did we see Butts? No, it was Harris, Harris. and uh, Dawson Downing and, were the other two guys that played. Yeah, Downing. And then I saw uh, I saw Simi Bakari on the sideline, and it's like uh, I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Yeah, he uh, plays uh, He plays I'm special just thinking teams. I'm Michael Cox is in the doghouse. Yeah, the second running back position has been weird. I mean, I've, I've kind of – been tough on Drinkwitz for not playing anybody except Tyler Beatty. And then the weird part to me was in the last three drives of that game where you kind of needed him to close it out, you were going with the freshman and with Dawson Downing. Now, Downing got the job done, but... um, Yeah, Downing did. I mean, Elijah Young's only touch today was as a receiver. So I I don't know what's going yeah. on at that position. It's it's definitely yeah. something we're going to kind of look into and talk about this week. I mean, I, I say, you know, hey, just let, give it to Downing. You know, the senior, we're not doing nothing, and at least he can get a couple yards, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, he did a nice job there at the end. Um, you know, I think at this point, I think this is B.J. Harris's third or fourth game played, so he's probably on his way to burning the red shirt, which is fine because, like, you're going to need a, yeah, a replacement yeah. for Beatty next year. So, Gary, even though you didn't watch last week, man, I appreciate you uh, appreciate you taking part in the show, and I, I'm, glad that, I'm glad they got you back Good. watching this week. Sure. Could I just make one more comment Absolutely. about uh, – you know, I know the defense is atrocious. I'm not even going right. to tackle that. But uh, the uh, Chris Turner, I'm sure he's a good kid and a great guy, and he could kick my ass. But uh, probably good grief, 
good grief, has this young man ever made a play? He's gotten so many snaps. I mean, I see him. I've seen him since he was like a freshman getting snaps, and yeah, it's just not effective. Yeah. All right, Gabe. I mean- uh, all Love right, you, Gabe. Take it easy. Appreciate it, Gary. Thanks. Uh, you know, hey, I've, I've kind of said similar things about Chris Turner, but the fact is singling anybody out on this defense is bad seems mean because uh, I'm not sure who I would single out necessarily is good. Let's go to the uh, 417 area code now. You still with me? Yeah. Hey, Gabe. It's Tucker down here in Joplin. What's up, Tucker? How are you, man? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Hey, um, so it, it, I'm – I want to say that, like, I know that his numbers were good again today, and I've held off on being too critical because I know, you know, the first, second, and third problem with his team is the defense. Everyone knows that. Right. But finally today, watching Basilak, I I remember two years ago when he was a freshman, Nodens last year. At the end of the year, he came in um, in relief of Powell, I think, in the Georgia game, which was yeah. a blowout. Yeah. And then he started the Arkansas game. And I remember thinking, wow, this kid's got, like, what I call like juice, like he, he, he uh, like dynamic, like the ball uh, out of his hands. Right. And, and I know last year he was coming off the ACL injury. So I never really saw that last year. And I thought, you know, I can't believe he's playing this quick after an ACL. I understand, you know, I understand maybe why he's not all the way back and all this, mm-hmm. but we're now like, you know, almost two years from the ACL. And I still don't see like, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he has a Drew Locke arm, but when he was a freshman, I thought in a brief time, I thought, man, this kid's got a nice arm, and he just moved with a like looked like a good athlete. Yeah. And now he, I, I don't know, he doesn't, and I don't know how much of it is like confidence and how much of it's physical. I'm just wondering, and I'm not saying like he's the problem or anything. I just, right, man, I I thought he was going to be better than this by now. Well, guess, he, is what I'm saying, he. My issue for most of the last year and a half has been he never pulls the ball and runs, right? He may run every now and then, but it's it's not much. Well, then he did that in the fourth quarter today. There was one, it was clearly like a read option, and he faked the handoff, and he kept it, and he kind of went toward the, the corner. And, I mean, I was just watching it going, how was this kid a, a wishbone quarterback in, in high school? Because he just he didn't yeah, look like he had the speed or the athleticism to really do it, and – Look, college, this isn't – you can be a statue in the pros in the right system. You can't be a statue and be good in college football. Your quarterback has to be a threat to run. I don't know if you watched Arkansas Ole Miss today, but, like, Matt – I Cor- did. I watched every snap, yep. Matt Corral leads the SEC in in, in rushing touchdowns. He, he has more rushing touchdowns than any running back in the league. You know, and it, it's – it's an issue, and, and no. you said you said Basilak's numbers were good today. I actually disagree. I thought they were. I thought today was the worst game I've seen him play. Yeah, no, I yeah, that's fair. I, I just meant he didn't kill us or anything. Yes. I, I wasn't yes. trying to say he was, you know, the reason we Correct. were struggling. But but I but I do think that, and I'm not even just talking about the, the quarterback run game. Although I agree with you, you almost have to do that now. I'm talking like even like Drew Locke, who I think people thought he should run more too, but. Say what you want about Drew. Like, Drew, when he threw the ball, looked like an athlete. Like, he used yes. his whole body. He looked yep. – and, and basically, like, I saw some of that when he first played as a freshman. Like, like I said, he had juice. Like, the ball zipped out of his hand, and it just hadn't been the same since. Yeah, and, I mean, again, they averaged less than five yards per pass attempt. If you take away the 41-yarder yeah. to Hester, they yeah. averaged less than four. I mean – and, and I don't know if that's because of Basilak, if it's because of the receivers, or if this is actually what Eli Drinkwitz's offense is, or if it's some combination of all three. I, I really don't know the answer to that. And we probably won't find out for another couple years because my guess is he's probably the starting quarterback next year, but I certainly wouldn't put any money on him being the starting quarterback in 2023. Well, in 2022, if, if he plays the rest of the season the same way, like no better, no worse, do you think this this next spring is a lot more open competition? Probably, yeah. I mean, because, look, it, it is a fact that he's not Drinkwitz's okay. guy. Drinkwitz didn't sign him. And, and uh, you know, sure. that's, that's a factor. Um, so, it, now, look, I would think – I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody transfer out in the next year, whether it's Macon or Cook or Horn or whatever. I mean, it's just a lot of guys and kind of bunched eligibility-wise. 
just common sense tells you somebody's yeah. probably leaving, but I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I think Basilak's a guy who's not going to lose you many games, but you're starting to see is he a guy that's going to win you many games, and I don't know that for sure. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I'll, I'll let you go. Thanks, uh, thanks again, Gabe. All right, Tucker. Appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. And uh, do we have somebody else on the line? It sounds like I don't have anybody listed here, but it sounds like I'm hearing somebody. So if you're there, uh, speak up. Gabe. Yeah, who am I talking to? This is Montard. Okay, what's going on? Do you prefer cocks or butts? Okay, well, excellent, uh, excellent use of your time. I'm, I'm glad you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you called us, man. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Gabe. Have a good night. All right, you too. That was a, uh, that was a long time to sit on hold to ask that question, but um, I, I guess it was enjoyable for him. So hey. We're here, uh, you know. We're hosting an internet call-in show. We have low expectations. Uh, we we know some some shenanigans will go on. So uh, appreciate you, you guys calling in. The phone line is open if you want to talk about this game. I, I anticipate this is going to be a little bit lighter week. It's North Texas. It was a three o'clock game. A lot of people probably going out for dinner. Some people might have actually come. The attendance though was about what it's been for the other three games. It was forty six thousand and something. Um. Probably a little bit lighter because it was North Texas and because, frankly, Missouri hasn't been playing well. Probably a little bit of an inflation because of homecoming. So came out 46,000 right about right about where they've been. Let's uh, jump back to the phone, and uh, we got the 314 area code again. Who am I talking to? Hey, Gabe, it's Scott. How you doing? What's up, Scott? How are you, man? Uh, I'm, I don't know. You know, the, uh, the first half I thought maybe uh... – we made yeah. some adjustments, and then the second half, uh, there was guys running like 50 yards down the field, uncovered. Uh, it just seemed like the uh, defensive line coach apparently uh, doesn't know how to coach the secondary. <laughs> the secondary. Either, so. Well, and that was like the run defense was better. They only gave uh, North Texas averaged 3.8 yards a carry. You'll take that number all the time. So the the run defense was better, but. All of a sudden now, a team that can't throw the football was throwing the football all over you. And it's like, you know, you plugged one hole in the boat and another one came up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. At halftime, I thought, hey, all right, business-like win. Even after the third quarter, I thought, eh, took care of business. It was boring, but boring's okay. You know, and then the fourth quarter happened, and it kind of just destroyed anything that I, that made me feel good about that game. That uh, that last touchdown they scored, where our two guys just kind of like ran into each other, and he uh, he walked into the end zone for like a seventy yard pass. Yeah, I mean, I think that just like thumbed up the entire defensive season for Mizzou. Yeah, so I'm gonna be honest, I didn't see that happen because when Dawson Downing scored, I said, "Oh well, it's a 21 point game with like four minutes left. I'm gonna go get all my stuff set up in the office, and I'll just follow the box score and and see when the game's over and go live." And then literally before I even got to the office, they had scored, so I didn't see that play. But it sounds like pretty much a lot me of, of other the, ones. Uh, the the Vikings New Orleans play in the playoffs. Oh yeah, a few years ago. I don't yeah. know if you remember that one. It was kind of it was like that, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, sounds so, about right. Uh, it's hard to watch, and I don't think it's going to get better. Uh, what's your prediction for next week, and I'll let you go. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think A&M's any good offensively, but North Texas isn't good offensively either, right? I mean, I th- I would probably pick A&M something like 30-24 to 24 or something next week. A&M's got a really good defense. Um, they might score defensively. I don't think they're any good offensively, but I, I'm not sure that even matters against Missouri right now. I don't think it does. I don't think our stats went down this game either. So uh, run, run defense got better. Total defense did not get any better. Thanks for the call, Scott. Appreciate it, man. Um, do we have Anonymous on the line, or are you gone? I think Anonymous is gone. He keeps trying to call in, but it doesn't work. I'm not sure after uh, Montard or – whoever that was that I really want anonymous to get through, but whatever. But again, the FCC doesn't control the internet. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the four one seven area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, Gabe, it's Stuart in Springfield. What's up, Stuart? How are you, man? I'm good. Thank you for asking. So, you know, the I, I thought the D line started playing a little bit better. We started getting some TFLs. 
you know, granted, you know, we're playing, you know, a conference USA. Right. It, it, it seems that they at least got a little bit of a, of a, of a spark. Whether yeah. that be the D-line starts getting fired or not. But, I mean, did you notice anything at the beginning of the game? Where, uh, you know, at least they're not standing up and, and trying to look for something to do rather than being instinctive? Yeah, I mean, there weren't gigantic holes where guys were getting 17 yards without being touched a lot. The The run defense, again, did get better. I heard Trajan Jeffcoat's name. I heard Kobe Whiteside's name. Makai Wingo made some plays. So, yeah, they looked better up front. Now, they didn't look great, and then there were still some breakdowns, obviously, in the back end. But, I mean, they looked better, you know. I, I think uh, – I, whether that's because of anything Al Davis did or anything Jethro Franklin was doing or a new voice, I don't know. But certainly, that's what they will chalk it up to. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, when and Jeffco got the sack, I forget what quarter it was. I, I even remarked right so I said, I think that's the first one he's gotten all year, and this is a preseason All-SEC guy. Yeah, I think he had one in the first game of the year. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, one a month, you know, isn't right. what I would call all SEC, and I don't think you would either. Oh, I don't uh, think Missouri's my, defense my needs to worry about having an all SEC player. <laughs> I mean, I think we do pretty well in the conference USA. I mean, we may even win that conference this year, but the problem is we're in the SEC, and yep, yep, that's totally different, totally, totally different conversation. Look, um, my problem was after the Kentucky game, I called in and I said, you know, we saw fights. We we saw guys that were right. that were at least enthusiastic that were that were trying to to, to be a part of a football team. Today, we got what four or five guys. The, the most energetic guy is is our ex starting quarterback that's starting on a SEC defense. It, it's just unbelievable to me. Yeah, there was. I thought there was more fight and excitement this week than there was last week. It was a step in the right direction, but the second half was ugly. I agree. I'll agree with that. Yeah. It's still, you know, we got drugged in the second half because it looked like, well, you know, we've gotten this one wrapped up and uh, let's, uh, you know, let's go hang out with the family or whatever after the game. Nobody wants to play a fourth quarter, you know, four quarters. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's, it's hard to hey, watch. Whoever's on the line, you got to mute your line, man. Otherwise, I'm going to have to drop you, other than Stuart. Uh, I can't hear Stuart because you sound like you're banging your phone with a hammer. Uh, but yeah, Stuart, I agree, man. Fourth quarter was rough to watch and kind of took away a lot of the things that made you feel good about the first three quarters. I, I don't think there's any question. Exactly. And, and we get 12 of these games a year, you know, yeah. and I set aside time and, and I and go to a couple games a year and I, I buy the merchandise, man. I went to five, seven, three, man. I got me a sweet power of key coming. Awesome. And it's all because of this program. And, uh, when they don't give me bare minimum, you know, all four quarters, it's, I can't believe I'm saying it about the new football, but it's tough. You know, it, it leaves me with a, a deeper bad taste in my mouth than just a loss would. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, look, it's it's tough to tell anybody. Like the, they've got to give you a reason to show up, and the today they gave you a little bit more of a reason than they did last week. But I, I understand anybody who starts saying, "I wonder if this is worth the investment." I get it. You know, they've got to give you a reason. Well, I appreciate what you do, Gabe, and I'll. Uh... I'll, uh, I'll stay to the end like normal, man. Thank you very much for what you do. <laughs> All right, Stuart. Thanks, man, and, and thanks for uh, checking out our sponsors. Let's go now to the 229 area code. Who's there? Hey, what's up, Gabe? Uh, sorry about that. That was my daughter in the back of my house, <laughs> so didn't mean to. No problem. Uh, so I had to mute that. Didn't, didn't even notice it. No problem. But uh, the reason why I wanted to, to call uh, was, one, Allie Green, was he not playing? Um, and I guess uh, I guess the other point I wanted to make, Rakestraw, I guess we can we can accept his uh, lack of effort because we really need him in the secondary, it looks like. Yeah, um, Allie Green is listed with one pass breakup and no tackles. I don't know how many snaps he played. 
Um, but uh, Ish Burdine had three tackles, so I'm going to assume he got most of the snaps that would have otherwise gone to Rakestraw. Uh, Abrams, Drain, and Evans played. I, I assume Ish Burdine got most of the snaps that had been Rakestraw's. And, you know, I, I thought Ennis was treated unfairly last week. Like, yeah, that was a bad look that was caught on video, no question. But if you think he was the only kid who coasted on a play in a 62-24 to game where the defense never got one legitimate stop – Come on, man. He was he was singled out, and it was never fair. And, oh, by the way, he was playing hurt, too. So, um, yeah, you know, he hadn't been great. But, again, but, but like I was saying about Chris Turner, singling out any one guy on this defense is kind of silly. I mean, I can't single out anybody who's been good, really. Oh, that, uh, that's fair enough. And, and I, I remember Drinkwitz really was uh... – you know, complimentary of his fight and his fight. So, so maybe maybe we are being a little too hard on him. Yeah. But uh, I kind of wanted to counter what the last call was saying. I mean, do we really think we're winning Conference USA? I, I mean, <laughs> uh, maybe middle of the road. Um, but. I don't really know who's in Conference USA. If I'm being quite honest, I, I'm going to look it up here. Um, let's. Uh, does it matter? I mean, we barely squeaked by. I mean, they outgained us, and they're they're bottom. They're a bottom tier okay. conference USA team. Well, actually, here's Conference USA: Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Louisiana Tech, Marshall, Middle Tennessee, North Texas, Old Dominion, Rice, Southern Miss, UAB, UTEP, UTSA, and Western Kentucky. I actually do think Missouri would win that league. Yes, there's not oh, really a good team Florida, there. Florida Atlantic. I don't think we're beating Florida Atlantic, and I don't think we're beating Charlotte. But okay, um, yeah, I think we would maybe have a winning record in Conference USA. Okay, yeah. okay, that's fair. I, I would, <laughs> if Missouri moves to CUSA, I would pick Missouri to win that league. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, my my other my my last point that that I uh, wanted to make was with the wide receivers, uh, Lovett and Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they. I, I think Cooper had a couple targets. Um, how how was he looking? Do I, I mean is he full speed or is he still uh, three quarter speed? I mean, uh, what, what did you see as far as? Drinkwood said on Wednesday he was one hundred percent healthy, and then he had one like nine yard catch and looked a little banged up but he played later um but he had four touches for a total of 14 yards he had one 13 yard catch his other three catches went for or other three touches one of them was actually a handoff went for a total of one yard um Dominic Lovett had three catches for eight yards with a long of four uh this this passing offense was I don't know what it was outside of the 41 yarder to JJ Hester it was just toss the ball straight sideways and hope that guys can break tackles because they're not really getting a lot of blocks out there. And again, whether that's not having trust in the offensive line, whether this is Drinkwitz's offense, I don't know. But the passing game today, I don't know how you could even see if Mookie Cooper is healthy or see what Dominic Lovett might be able to do because every pass was pretty much thrown at the line of scrimmage and just Hey, see if you can make somebody miss. I mean, they they did try to get each Lovett and Cooper on a long ball. Cooper looked open and Basilak uh, missed him a little bit. Lovett didn't look quite as open and Basilak overthrew it anyway. So um, they tried a deep shot each to one of them, but uh, that was that was it. The rest of everything was just right at the line of scrimmage. All right. Well, I appreciate your insights as usual, and so. Um, hope hope you're right. Maybe we are Conference USA championship quality. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks. I appreciate the call. Um, all right, we got a uh, we got the lines open. Somebody was calling in from the 404 earlier, and I uh, I think I cut you off because I thought it was your phone making noise. So that's my fault. If you if you're out there and you want to call back, please do call back. I didn't mean to uh, didn't mean to get rid of you and blame somebody you? else. I'm here. Oh, you're there. All right, man. Who am I talking to? Hey, man, you're speaking to Eric, man, and uh, I'm following from Georgia. You got that that that, uh, that guy out there, uh, Cox. We didn't see him today, but Michael. I don't want to talk about him. Uh, listen, man, I, I saw some things today that was a much I, – I tuned in because I wanted to see that, but I saw some things, and I, I actually took some notes. Okay. I saw uh, drink. I don't know if he's going to make it in the SEC, man. 
based on fundamentals. Okay. Hey, I hey, can some I fundamentals that that really made me nervous? Okay, he, he didn't know how to close the game out. He had a blowout at halftime. He comes out the third quarter and does three three and outs throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Why was he throwing the ball? I don't know. And he's throwing a bad, terrible defense back on the field after three plays. And he does this the entire third quarter. Yeah. yeah I that- really don't understand his play calling, his decision making from a fundamental football standpoint. And I don't know if anyone else is seeing this, but regardless of the per and I'm speaking things such as personnel play. Right. When he's calling the call that he's calling, he's not helping his defense at all. Um I don't understand, and I wanted to get your feedback on it. I know the game has changed, and everyone wants to be Mahomes. And, 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 uh, and, and again, the, the offense that he's running, I heard the caller say again that uh, Basilak is not your guy for that offense that you're trying to run. He doesn't have the athletic ability. He doesn't have the accuracy or the decision-making, in my opinion. And Drink, I think – I don't know if he knows you can't lose or play on this level at the SEC and keep your job. I just want your feedback on that because I'm seeing some fundamental things outside of personnel. He's making them boys look worse than they are. I just want to get okay. your feedback. Um, I, I will say, first of all, on the play calling in the third quarter, you're definitely not alone. I got a minimum of five texts that said that play calling was awful in that quarter. So a lot of people, and I tend to agree there, they they didn't do anything in the third quarter. I tend to agree with you there. The The bigger picture as far as, like, he he's not going to lose his job this year. Um, he's probably not going to lose his job next year. But I also agree there are fundamental questions. This is a guy who... You hired him after one year at Appalachian State. He has never built a program. That doesn't mean he can't do it. We just don't know if he can because we've never seen him do it. So he is, to a certain extent, definitely learning on the job. He's going to make some mistakes. And part of hiring a guy who's only been a head coach for one year and was, I think, 38 years old when you hired him is you're going to have to go through some growing pains and you're going to have to go through some days probably that you're going, what the hell's this guy doing while he kind of figures out how to do it on the job? Um and obviously, the the key is he's got to win enough to earn that kind of next next phase. Um, and I think, you know, I don't, I I don't know if I don't think Missouri has a ton of talent by any means, but I think Missouri has more talent than we've seen so far this year. Um, so part of that certainly is on coaching, and part of that is on the head coach. Uh, next year will be important. They've got to look better next year. And then the year after that, they've got to be, I mean, the year after that, they've got to win eight games or more, I think. That's that's the year where if they're not winning eight in 2023, I'll kind of go, I wonder if they can, I wonder if this guy can win eight. Like, I think that's when I start to make my judgment. Well, I, 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 maybe I've just been dialed in the football longer. I, I tend to not wait around and, and, and call a spade a spade. Uh, I, you know, his background doesn't seem like a football guy to me. I don't know if he, yeah. how long he played or, you know, it's a totally different level of ball. When I look at his, uh, the way he responds to certain things when it comes to the, the interviews and stuff like that, the way he sees the program, mm-hmm. and he'll say one thing, and then when we get on the field, he doesn't make those adjustments that he said. And I personally just think, and hear me, hear me out, if he doesn't put those kids in a better situation to win, I don't think the school, there's too much invested alumni, fans, students. I mean, Mizzou has a history that I don't think they're going to wait two, three years to, to, to sit back and, and keep getting we 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 got Florida, we got Georgia, we got Texas A and M. We got all these games that are going to look real real bad on us. And 
it's imperative. We're going to lose, but how bad are we going to look? And I'm going to let you go, but I just want to throw that out there. Well, I appreciate it, Eric. I'd be stunned if Missouri doesn't wait at least three years. I mean, they don't have the money. And look, this isn't at Georgia, even at a place like Auburn and Florida, you can fire a guy and, and, hey, go take another shot because it's easier to rebuild. At Missouri, this is – I firmly believe this. They better be right on Eli Drinkwitz because if they're not, it's going to be a decade before they're really competitive here. Um, so I think they have to be right, and they have to give him time and find out if they are right. And I think Mark Stoops is a good example of that. I think Gary Pinkle is a good example of that. There are programs where you can just get rid of guys and move on to the next guy, but there aren't a lot of them, and Missouri's not one. I, I appreciate uh, you're obviously a knowledgeable football guy, and I appreciate the call, and, and, and it's, it's thought-provoking stuff. I'm just giving you kind of my perspective. I'd be really surprised if Missouri does that in the next couple of years. All right. Well, thank you so much, man. I just want to say that. M-I-Z. All right. Appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for the call, man. Let's go to the uh, 314 area code. Who do I have from there? Hi, Gabe. This is uh, Jeff in St. Louis. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, man? Hey. Uh, so uh, where are you at on the uh, the Bayslack camp? I know a lot of people say he's that good. I think he's kind of injured, and I think that's part of why he's not looking so great why he's throwing short, why he's not running. Uh, but uh, I know that, uh, you know, the offense is just not looking really good with him yeah. running it right now. I, I don't know. Hey, from the 816 area code, if you just called in, please turn your turn your line down or mute it because I'm hearing everything and I'm going to have to cut you off. I think he's kind of injured. I think that's part of why he's not looking so great. 816, please mute your line. All right. Call back when you can mute your line. All right, so Jeff, I, I think Jeff, I got. I'm going to answer your question. Hopefully, you can hear me, but I can't talk with with that huge echo. So, um, so uh, I don't blame you. There you are. I got you. Um, so I'm t- like Basilek isn't solely the reason they're losing games but they kind of need him to be the reason they're winning games and and he's also not that now I think I I'm just torn I don't know if the offense we saw today is that the offense because Drinkwitz doesn't trust his quarterback because he doesn't trust his line because he doesn't think he has the receivers or is it some combination of all of them I mean this offense right now, if you can stop Tyler Beatty, I don't know how Missouri scores on you. Because they really outside of Beatty, they made one they made two plays today. One was the 41-yard touchdown to Hester, and one was a 60-yard run by Dawson Downing super late in the game. So like I feel like jumping on Basilak is a little harsh, but also at the same time they need him to do more than he's doing right now. Like, I think he's their best option, but I don't think the way he's currently playing is good enough. Yeah, I uh, I kind of think that way. I think it's probably a combination of, of a bunch of stuff. I think he's got numbers at wide receivers, but he doesn't have, like, that go-to guy. Yeah. Obviously, uh, the offense is basically it's all Beatty or bust. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I, I the offensive line is not great. <clears throat> Defense kind of stinks, so I can see <laughs> – why they throw short and try to uh, control the ball, yeah. and it doesn't really look exciting or sexy. Yeah, you just can't win SEC games if you're going to average 4.9 yards per attempt. I, I mean, that's not – you can't do that. You've got to make some big plays every now and then. And I think their problem is, outside of Beatty, the only guys they have that that are big play-type guys are just young. Like, J.J. Hester can do it. Chance Looper can do it. I think – that Cooper and Lovett will be able to do it. I just don't really think they're ready to do it consistently yet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, agreed. All right, Jeff. Well, I appreciate the call, man. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks. Let's jump to the 816 area code. Who's there? Hey, Dave. How's it going? This is your buddy, Barry Odom. And, you know, a lot of people on come on the show and they ask, what does Gabe DeArmond think of this? But I don't think a lot of people ask How's Gabe Yarman? How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm 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 happy to hear from you. Oh uh, yeah, miss you, buddy. It's lonely down here in Fayetteville. Yeah, well, you should be on the way back from Oxford right now. 
Yeah, tough loss, tough loss. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you, I, I appreciate that you just called to check in. Um, you know, rough day for your defense. Yeah, I'm pretty used to it at this point, though. <laughs> good deal. Appreciate it, man. All right, have a good day, buddy. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> I'll call back next week. Awesome. See Little comic relief in the middle of the show. Every hey, we can always use that, man. That's uh, that's great. Um, especially if it's like clean and just good-hearted. Uh, I don't mind that at all. Um, you know, again, we're on a freaking internet call-in show. Let's not take ourselves too seriously here. So, um, uh, yeah, phone lines clear. If you do want to call in, it's uh, 573-234-4935. We can keep hanging out here for a little bit longer if you want. Let's take a look. Uh, I want to take a look at some of the other SEC scores right now. Um, Ole Miss beat Arkansas. Barry Odom just referenced that. Florida all over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's awful. Tennessee like looking like they might actually have an offense. Uh, 45-20 over South Carolina. Uh, Georgia 34-10 over Auburn. Georgia just Georgia's just way better than anybody else. And uh, LSU, Kentucky, and Alabama A&M underway at this point. I don't know what those scores are. Let's jump back now to the uh, 816 area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, you there? Who am I talking to? 816 area code. Who am I talking with? All right. I don't know who we're talking with. Nobody there. But uh, 816 area code, if you want to call back, call back. I'm here. We can talk. Um, But, yeah, uh, again, looking around the SEC, as we just were attempting to do, uh, A&M and and Alabama are playing tonight. A&M's here. Next, LSU is at Kentucky uh, in what should be, I think, a pretty competitive game. Kentucky's favored, so be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, again, just kind of recapping what happened today. Tyler Beatty was really good. Everything else was a little questionable. Makai Wingo made a big play. Trajan Jeffcoat made a couple. Chad Bailey played a lot more at linebacker. He helped some. Uh, Ish Burdine replaced Ennis, Ennis Rakestraw. Uh, everything, again, everything felt pretty decent for three quarters, and then... The fourth quarter happened, and you just felt a lot less decent. Um, I, I just, you know, I made the mistake in the SEMO game of saying the fourth quarter doesn't matter, and then we figured out over the next two weeks that the fourth quarter really kind of did matter. And so I don't want to pretend the fourth quarter didn't matter because without that Makai Wingo pick six, I mean, that's a, that's a lot touchier game down the stretch for Missouri, and that is not a good North Texas team. That is a team that had thrown for less than 200 yards in its last two games combined and scored 35 points in its last three games combined. They had 35 points and 305 yards passing today against Missouri alone. The defense didn't really get better. They just found a new way to be bad. They were better against the run. They had some takeaways. They scored. So so they, they were better. That's not fair to say they weren't better. But they weren't better enough. And the offense was efficient in the first half. They had a short field. They scored 31 points in the first half. But then just they just shut it down. I mean, there was just nothing there in the second half until Dawson Downing busted a run with, with five minutes left. So I, if you came in feeling bad, you still feel bad. I don't know many people that came in feeling good, but if you somehow came in feeling good, I guess maybe today – you know, reinforce that for you. Um, still a lot of questions. I didn't see anything that changes what I think about the rest of the season. It really, I mean, this was a win, but it wasn't a win that made me think, oh, they really figured anything out. It was just a win because the other team was bad enough that I, they didn't have a choice but to win. You know, Missouri, Missouri won this game on the talent differential, I guess is what I should say. Even though they're not a super talented team, they clearly have more talent than North Texas has. And so they won this game because they had better players. I don't think they won this game because they really figured anything out. Um, that's, you know, that that's my opinion on the whole thing. Um, could be wrong, but that's uh, that's how I feel. So 
Appreciate uh, all of you guys who were here with us, and, and I'm going to run through some of these comments and, and make sure I get to, to some of the stuff you guys had to say while, while we were on the phone um, and see if, see if there's anything we need to catch up on. Uh, Casey Tiger is ready to, to start seeing the next guy. Stewart thinks that the defensive line looked a little bit better. They only have five to six guys able to play with intensity for a full game out of 35. That's, maybe that's fair. I think that's fair. Cole wants to see Tyler Macon. I'm I'm not sure how big a difference that makes. Um, you know, do I still think this team could beat Vanderbilt? Yes. Breakfast King, I didn't like any of the second half. I think that's fair. Um, did Elijah Young have more than three touches? No, he had one. He had one touch. It was a catch. He was lined up as a wide receiver. He had an eight-yard reception. He did not have a carry in this game. Um, B.J. Harris appears to be the second uh, second running back here. Um, Floyd the Barber, until he signs, are you worried about getting burdened? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially because, look, he was there with 46,000 people today and saw a blah performance. Like, yes, you should be – it is It is by no means a done deal. I, I think they certainly have a chance at Luther Burden, but – Yes, he's going to Athens, Georgia next week, and that should make you nervous. And I have not had anybody tell me Missouri's definitely getting him. So we shall see how that goes. Uh, Iowa just beat Penn State. Interesting to know. Um, also, I heard today that was the first game between two top five Big Ten teams that did not involve Ohio State or Michigan in 59 years. Uh, Iowa inside track to the playoff at this point. Um, also, I picked Iowa. I hope they covered. Um Team clearly played harder than they had been. Anthony says, I agree. They played, there was more effort and want to than there was in the Tennessee game. I think that was clear. Was there enough? I don't know, but but there was more of it, certainly. Um, do you think Bazelag can read a defense or is the play calling just that bad? We, yeah, we've kind of talked about that. And I know I'm like, I know these comments were made earlier. I'm just catching up and, and I don't have an answer. Uh, Spencer, strangely reassured by the run defense, sort of terrified the drink gets in a rut with play calling. The run defense was better today. I mean, they gave up 186 yards, which isn't great, but it's not awful. But it took 49 carries. They averaged 3.8 yards a carry. You will take that every day. I mean, Tennessee averaged 3.8 yards a carry before contact. So you'll take 3.8 yards a carry. Um, no problem there. Um Ryan thinks it's more O-line, can't keep the pocket clean. I, that's fair. Um, Cole says there were receivers t- open 20 yards downfield almost every play. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I certainly can't see that from my view. Um, might be true. Can't, can't say that for sure. Um, why do we give up every third and 10 every time it's a screen behind the line or a run up the middle? Well, look, they don't really complete very many downfield passes, so I'm not sure there's there's a point to throw for that. Stewart brings up a really good point, and, and I think we should write about this this week. Wide receivers cannot block. You're right. Like this offense, these jet sweeps, these screens, to work, your perimeter guys have to be able to block, and, and they aren't. Um, obviously they aren't. I mean, I don't know specifically who isn't, but it's pretty obvious um, that it's it's not happening on the outside. So, uh, yeah, so appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us and, um, you know, calling, commenting, all that. Um, it was a win. I don't know if you can say a whole lot more than that, but it was a win. So Missouri's 3-3. Three and three. Three and three, yeah, three and three. Texas A&M's coming to town, and and really a bowl game depends on next week. You want to you want to be in a bowl game, Missouri got to win next week. You lose that game, I just don't see any possible way, because I don't see how you beat Florida. I don't see how you beat Georgia, and after today, I don't see how you beat Arkansas. So next week is you're playing to get to six, and I do think that is important. The difference between six and six and five and seven is notable for this program and where it's at. Um, so. It was a week. I don't think it was a week that makes you feel a ton better. But it should make you feel a little better. It was better than last week, right? So I uh, want to thank one more time Boulevard Brewing Company. If you guys are uh, you know, on the way back home and listening to this or whatever, swing by somewhere, pick yourself up some Boulevard, either 
They got all kinds of really good beer. They got the Quark uh, Seltzer. They got the uh, Fling Cocktails. Get any of that stuff um, and maybe sit at home and watch Bama and A&M tonight. Uh, watch Kentucky LSU. You know, listen to a replay of this. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. Whatever, Wherever you're listening, do me a favor. Give me a thumbs up on the show. Subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on the podcast, either later Saturday night or on Sunday morning, leave a five-star review. Leave some nice comments. Share this thing on social media. Tell everybody what we're doing. Let everybody know about Boulevard. Do all those things that help us. Um, Mitchell, Joel, and I will still have plenty more to come on the site tonight. Uh, plenty more tomorrow morning as well about this game. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys, and uh, we'll be back with more later on.